welcome to the fifth episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you, Don? I'm fantastic. Uh, this week, there is some pretty exciting news coming in from Apple. So they've announced the new iPhone models. There are four different models. I think the most interesting thing for us to talk about today is probably the 5G aspect. So these devices are going to run on all 5G bands, so low band, mid band, high band. Roger, can you talk a little bit about kind of the differences between the frequency bands and then how are these devices going to perform on the uh, respective networks for the carriers? The, yeah. So basically, we, we have here in the U.S. bands in 600 megahertz, 700, 850, typically called low band. And then we have in the mid band, or as we go up, we have PCS spectrum, AWS, 1, 3, we have WBS, we have 2.5 gig, we have CBRS, and that's usually from about, what, 1800 megahertz to about three and a half. Soon, in a couple of years, we'll have C-band, so it goes up to 4.2. And then we have millimeter wave, 28 gigahertz and up. And so the phones have the different bands that the carriers have here in the U.S. in both 4G and 5G. And I think one of the important things to, to recognize is the reason why 5G is faster than 4G is because you put more spectrum behind it. You have more spectrum. On the same amount of spectrum, 4G and 5G is basically almost the same speed. 5G is maybe 10, 20% faster. So for, for the different carriers, you will have very interesting scenarios. Yesterday at the Apple event, it was a big love fest with, with Verizon, with Hans Westberg there, and Verizon was, was mentioned left and right. Verizon turned on dynamic spectrum sharing, which basically means that the network can support on existing spectrum, 4G and 5G at the same time. But that means you have to share it between 4G and 5G. Has, has its pros and cons. The pros is you have a lot of spectrum and nothing is empty. On the other hand, nothing is empty, so it's not that much faster. And so Verizon will probably do this in, in 850 and, and 1900. 850 gives you really good in-building coverage, but you don't have that much spectrum. In the mid-band, you have more spectrum, but it doesn't penetrate walls and buildings as well, and then you have millimeter wave where you have really a lot of spectrum, which means a lot of speed at very short distances, a couple of hundred feet, and it doesn't really penetrate walls. So for Horizon now, what they, they have done is turn it on in, in the low band. Verizon has also bought recently AWS, um, CBRS spectrum. 38 megahertz in the largest markets in the U.S. And they have built out that network already uh, for, for two or three years. So the moment they can use that net, uh, they can use that spectrum, they will turn that on and the iPhone will be able to use that. And then they have a sprinkling of uh, markets in ultra wideband. They're going to roll out more, but you will use it outdoors. 
largely. They they have an initiative to bring it indoors, but that's going to be such a heavy lift. Right, because the propagation characteristics of ultra-wideband are very limited relative to distance, right? So something yeah. like a stadium uh, where there's a lot of folks, uh, that would be an, an optimal kind of use case for that. But in terms of covering the average person in their home, you're, you're probably not going to be covered via millimeter wave anytime soon. No, because it, it will not go through walls. So I did a test with AT&T about a, oh, now a year ago, looking at the propagation of millimeter wave. And basically you had 200 to 400 yards of cell site range. After that, the signal really dropped off. Bad news is that doesn't work for rural America, right? The good news is that's roughly the cell site spacing that they have in urban markets on the streets anyway. So they can just put an antenna on an existing site with 5G hardware with it and bang, they have coverage because they're just reusing their existing band. Now, AT&T also, they have uh, set aside spectrum in 850 for 5G. I expect them to turn on DSS any day, basically. And they have some millimeter wave in, in 28. They didn't buy anything in, in CBRS, but they have like 2.3 band. So it's a good spectrum position, better than probably what, or on par with what Verizon has. And then we have T-Mobile. They have like, what, 40 megahertz and 600. They decided only to use dynamic spectrum sharing in markets where they really need it. They have a couple of, and but then they're going to use their 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. And they have 130 megahertz there on average. Currently, they're using 40 for 5G. They're going to 60. And by the end of the year, they're using 80. And that's like MT spectrum right now, similar to the CBRS spectrum that Verizon has, as I mentioned, like 38. They're going to counter that with 80, right? Same propagation problems when you go indoors. But the speeds should be, should be impressive. You know, I always say for 5G, the killer app is speed test right now, because that's where you see the, the blindingly different different numbers. For video, five megabits per second is enough for an HD stream. And that's what 80% of the data traffic is. So what we're waiting for, I think, right now is we have the networks, we have the devices. Now we're waiting for the innovators, for the, the app developers to come up with that killer app. That new thing that nobody thought about the Ubers, the the lifts, the I don't know what. Now we have that ingredient there, the petri dish. We have the dish. We have the the food inside. Now we're waiting for the stuff to grow. So it sounds like U.S. carriers are fairly well set up from a spectrum perspective in terms of being able to support these new devices. It sounds like a lot of folks are probably going to be pretty interested. Uh, I thought this was a pretty exciting announcement in terms of you know faster devices, much better uh, you know photo capabilities and such. But of course, you've got to pay for it, right? So, what are the offers that some of the carriers are are going to market with, and and what do we think about this uh, particular iPhone launch coming a little bit later in the year? So, typically, iPhone launches happen in September. 
due to the pandemic, it looks like things got delayed a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about some of the competitive environment relative to pricing? We know that drives switching across the carriers. So I think that's an important aspect. Well, it becomes a very heavy fourth quarter. Fourth quarter usually is about 28% of gross ads in a year. Gross ads is how many people are joining a carrier on a, on a country, on a nationwide basis. So we're going to see that much more. Verizon had, as I said, the limelight during that presentation. But the guys who came out swinging first was AT&T. And they are offering trade-in with up to $800 for everything down to the iPhone 8. And depending on the device that you bring, you can walk out with a new iPhone 12 for free or with 30-month payback. Verizon has offered the, the vanilla deal without a big trade-in promotion. What was very interesting on the day of the announcement, T-Mobile was surprisingly mum. And only a day later, they came out with an offer that is very similar to AT&T, but focuses predominantly on the iPhone 11. And the key here is how how you have to look at the handset world, right? You have about half of the population changes their handset every year. And that's the people who have the iPhone 11 right now. And half of the population changes their phone whenever it breaks. And the T-Mobile offer is much more aimed at this rapid upgrading segment of their customer base. And the AT&T one is much more expansive and therefore much more suitable to shore up their their own base by giving a very attractive offer to people who have skipped a couple of iPhone iterations. Well, and AT&T also has more iPhone customers than any other carrier, right? So Absolutely. historically, they, they launched the original iPhone years and years ago launched on AT&T and they've always had a lead in terms of absolute number of folks that are using iPhones on their network. So presumably they have more to lose if there isn't a great offer out there, right? Uh, yes. And, and AT&T is under pressure from Wall Street and, and Elliott. That hasn't stopped uh, with the pandemic. And so they have to make very smart and, and sharp penciled decisions to manage their base. And I think that's what they, they have done there. What I found very interesting in the, in the announcement from AT&T was that they mentioned that they've heard and listened to their customers and that they're going to uncomplicate people's lives. And I thought that was a very interesting wording and a very interesting point. And maybe hopefully for AT&T, a harbinger of things to come, you know, and you have to give it to T-Mobile. They have made a lot of things simpler. And I think both Verizon and AT&T can, can follow suit of making things simpler. That's one of the things I will be looking at uh, of how things evolve over the next couple of months. I've been skeptical about, about is this a super cycle uh, phone? Well, it depends on now how, how Verizon reacts. AT&T and T-Mobile put in very very good, very aggressive offers. And now we'll see what Verizon does. And that's, it's promotions that make a super cycle, not necessarily the device feature. Right. And we expect that, 
you know, overall industry gross ads are going to be down this year relative to last year, given given the pandemic. So for all these companies, you know, finishing strong at the end of the year uh, is really an imperative, correct? Absolutely. It's, you know, bonuses are on the line and that always motivates. And, you know, everybody wants to show, you know, that they, they are the pandemic resistant company. And we, we have to give it to wireless as the premier consumer franchise industry. Uh, the wireless has bounced back much more quickly than, than anybody else has. Hopefully we'll continue to do that. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have for this week, but uh, thanks Roger. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to it. 